Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland, featuring Rob Bro. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, good morning, West Texans. All you good, fine, friendly folks out there who wish you were. You got Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. We'll turn morning into afternoon. We'll take you to 1 o'clock today here in the Arctic Air Studios as you listen in on ESPN 960 in San Angelo and in the Hubaplex. We got you on Talk 103.9 FM News, Money, Sports. On a bit of a breezy Wednesday, you could already be texting in. 806-855-3712. You know what we do on Wednesdays. It's bandwagon day. The bandwagons are on. The bandwagons are off. And there are a lot of bandwagons you could be on or off today, sports or otherwise. Always love hearing from you on that. We've got Texas Tech basketball to look at. Did they do it again on the road? They did. They're streaking. They've won four straight now. They're doing things in the Big 12 that nobody's doing in the Big 12 right now, which is stringing together a whole bunch of wins back to back to back. And it's impressive to watch, to say the least. And it will give us our question of the day here in just a few minutes. Yeah, Texas Tech wins 74-63 last night in Norman. It was a fairly interesting game. If you're just kind of looking at some of the stats, and you almost wonder how was it even as close as it was, turnovers, uh, in the first half. But uh, we have that. The Big 12 also last night giving us some interesting games with Texas rolling over Iowa State and Kansas State getting another good win. Uh, Just moments ago, Right before we came on the air, I believe Emerald High and Monterey Lady Plainsman just finished up their game. My goodness, five overtimes? Are you kidding me? Seen anything like that? No, I've never even heard of anything like that. Monterey outlasted them uh, 86-78 last night in five overtimes. Lance Leinert, Panhandle Sports Hall of Famer from up in Amarillo, he uh, took it all in. He's going to join us in the second hour to uh, help us just analyze what was, again, one of those moments in sports that I five overtimes, insanity. That was not only an all-time great game in girls high school basketball. It was one of the greatest games, finishes, moments in sports yeah. of the last decade. It was incredible. And if you weren't following along, if you weren't watching, or you just think girls high school basketball is not high level, you're wrong on all accounts. That game ended at 56 all. And through five overtimes, you know, 30 more points, multiple daggers from Amarillo to stay in the game, including a bank shot from the volleyball line. Why not? Just crazy. And a sophomore and a freshman leading uh, Monterey. Hey, and for all the flowers that uh, Leah Chavez gets, and she absolutely should get those flowers, they do not win that game without freshman Ambrosia Cole and senior Kelly Mora. Yeah. It's a complete team. It really is. And they've got, uh, I believe, Mansfield-Timberview uh, mixed I think, up in Wichita Falls. Yeah, is that Friday, the matchup? Friday at 4, I believe. Yeah, good for them. And it, I, I'm i not sure how the UIL does the playoff. At some point, they take over. But I think we'll still have that one on 
Friday. Yeah, I think the locals still get uh, and then through maybe the, the regional state tournament. tournament. Yeah. Only the state tournament goes uh, on the UIL broadcast network. So I would assume uh, Texas Sports Marketing, either on uh, this radio station or Lone Star 995, 4 o'clock. And I think you should just play a best of seven with Amarillo and Monterey, but I guess they'll have to continue without him. Yeah, unbelievable. Congratulations to the uh, Lady Sandys as well. The uh, Golden Sandstorm, unreal. One of those, it is truly one of those that you go, man, you hate to see one of these teams have to lose this game. But that's the uh, nature of sport. That's what makes it great. Uh, we'll get you on the text line, 806-855-3712. We thank everybody listening on the apps today. If you haven't downloaded it, do so. KKM.com. You can follow the station at Talk1039. Now, me, I'm just Ryan Hyatt at Ryan Hyatt Media on Twitter. Show never ends. In fact, we come back with a daily broadcast. Sum up the day's events with you guys around 6.30-ish. So uh, follow along on Twitter at Ryan Hyatt Media. If you miss it, we archive everything at theraiderland.com. He's Rob Bro. You already heard his voice. Host of the Rob Bro Show 1 to 2. One third of the gambling gauchos at Rob Bro Show on uh, Twitter. Uh, Okay, so it's bandwagon day. You can be on the bandwagon that that was maybe one of the greatest games if you saw it. If you happen to be there, uh, that's fine. There are bandwagons you can be off. Is anybody on the Nate Oates for uh, Coach of the Year bandwagon right now? Man. That program getting picked apart and savaged over the last 24 hours. I don't know what's been crazier. The actual story or the response from Alabama fans that nobody did anything wrong. Yeah, Hey, it's just a night out in Tuscaloosa, baby. Just going out to the strip and going to shoot up a few folks. I mean, he didn't pull the trigger. He just handed him the gun. Well, said, hey, it's loaded. And he handed. And then blocked in a car. Uh, you know. But, hey, these are just kids. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, according to NATO. Yeah, and we'd known about it, but he didn't get charged with anything. And how. And, and again, who looks worse, Nate Oates or the Tuscaloosa DA? Yeah, who said, we can't come up with anything. Who couldn't charge accessory to murder? By the way, for all the kids out there, uh, high school students, uh, collegiate athletes, if if maybe some Texas Tech athletes are listening, if your friend texts you at 1.30 after a night out and says, bring me my gun, please. Don't do it. Say no. Yeah. And tell him to leave. Yeah. Just, sorry, who did this? New phone. You, you don't need your gun at 1.30. For anything productive. No. Rarely. Don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home, son. Question of the day. Texas Tech wins 74-63. Here is your question. This is what it's boiled down to now. And we want your thoughts on the game as well. Will Texas Tech men's basketball make the NCAA tournament? It's a legitimate, legitimate discussion now. The path, the path is there. I give you hoopshd.com, the write-up on last night's game. Uh, was this Greg or was this uh, John uh, Stalika? This is John Stalika writing the recaps at hoopshd.com. The preeminent, along with bracketville.wordpress.com uh, site as far as bracketology, filling out the field, knowing what's going on. Texas Tech, a team I had pretty much written off, is now in four straight. Now is a very viable path to the bubble. They won at Oklahoma last night, 74-63, which in and of itself isn't jaw-dropping, but it's still a road win. It's still their fourth straight win. And the previous teams they had beaten in the stretch are either protected seeds or also fighting for a spot inside the bubble. So I'm about to say something I didn't think I'd be saying weeks ago or a week ago. Texas Tech can make the field. 
They have three games left prior to the conference tournament. If they win two of them, they'll be right there in the discussion. Will Texas Tech make the uh, tournament? That's your question of the day. Yes or no? It's two of three now, and last night was huge, and we said it was a must-win game, and it was, and they won. It was a must-win game because now Kansas doesn't really matter. You don't have to go win at Fog Allen now to make the NCAA tournament. If you had lost last night, you had to win out, and you had to win two games in the Big 12 tournament. Now, two of three at the end, and I can't believe we're saying this out loud, it's two of three at the end, and maybe one win in the tournament, the Big 12 tournament, would get you there, maybe. I still think you need two wins. And that was the first time all year, maybe, that you outclassed somebody? Since Louisville. Yeah. Right? You you went in on all the metrics, pretty much any metric you could find. Ignore the the Vegas number on that, people, okay? That's a different animal that they were looking at. And the the line line was wrong. Yeah. The line was wrong. But uh, that you went in. That was a very even matchup. with, With better metrics. And for the most part, other than the 13 turnovers in the first half, that's the only reason why this game wasn't a complete laugher from the get go. Right. You're shooting 80%, but you're turning it over 13 times, and it's keeping them in the game. Right. I mean, goodness. But what did they do in the second half? Three turnovers. Yep. And Daryl Dora at halftime said we need to keep it under five. Man. So there you go. Good call. Yeah. Wish he'd said that in the (laughs) pregame. Yeah. I think he might have uh, wanted to, but. Might have been better to do that. So, I mean, here's the question of the day. Will Texas Tech make it? you got to beat TCU, obviously, coming up at home. Yeah. Kansas doesn't matter. And then it's Oklahoma State at home, basically, to get into the the NCAA tournament. I really think if you get to seven wins, especially how you're finishing, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but you're Iowa State of last year right now. Yeah. Um, You started worse than them. But you're going to finish better than them. Yeah. And if you get to a 7-11 like they were last year, um, well, the thing that I Iowa State... They won, a, they won a Big 12 tournament game and then got hammered by you, yes? Yeah. Uh, didn't Iowa State last year, though, start off non-conference like 13-1, and one, then had the bad stretch in Big yeah, they 12 were, play? they were undefeated in non-conference. Yeah, that's right. But it, I think they might have beaten Iowa... Like they didn't have a ton of great games. No, it wasn't. Games. Um, it's not. It's not an apples to apples comparison. But again, last night, and this is goofy semantics, but it's sports radio, and that's what we do. <laughs> last night wasn't a must win, but it was a must not lose. <laughs> exactly. And so you you completed that. You completed the first leg, uh, and really that West Virginia game was the first leg of the parlay you have to hit, and the parlay is. You know, five of the last six, and you're on your way to that. If they get this done, if Tech makes the tournament, yeah, is this one of the most amazing in-season turnarounds we've seen at Texas Tech in the last 25, 35 years ever? That we've seen in basketball. In basketball, period. I'm trying to find another turnaround and, and put it in context of doing it in the toughest basketball conference in the country. That it's not like you're you're doing this in some you know penny ante conference, right? You've had to do it against the toughest teams in America. Yeah, you're not Gonzaga struggling through a non-con and then dominating the West Coast. Uh-uh. 
I mean, this is this is uncharted. You have more territory. quad one wins than Houston. Yeah, think about that for a minute. Who <laughs> will be a number one seed? I mean, you're you have an NCAA tournament resume in in most facets. But the 333rd ranked non-conference is looming. Yeah, that's that's kind of sitting there on your porch still. And, and that's not all Texas Tech's fault. Ohio State struggled down the stretch. Creighton struggled uh, for a large part of the season after you played them. Uh, Louisville was the worst Louisville team th- they've ever had. You don't see that one coming. So, you you had some good teams on the schedule. It just it they did not do you. In, any favors Georgetown too you got stuck with Georgetown it's a little bit like Tex baseball non-con schedule what was it, last year last year yeah, yeah where Mary Mac just lost lost a coach and a pitching staff right before the season and all of a sudden you're you're you lost a four State, game yeah. defending national champion turns out to be not a good uh team that that a lot of the programs you thought were going to be good weren't good all right we got to take our first time of the day we'll get your text messages on the other side let's get it going today Bandwagons, you are on. Bandwagons, you are off. Give us your thoughts on Red Raider baseball. The question of the day, will Texas Tech make the NCAA tournament? It comes down to two of three, probably. Will they do it? Where does this turnaround rank? You tell us. 806-855-3712. It's 806-855-3712. Quick break. It's Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. Eleven twenty-one. You got Ryan Iatz, Raiderland, featuring Rob Rowe, taking it to one o'clock today here in the Arctic Air Studios. Bandwagon Wednesday. Question of the day: Will Tech men's basketball make the NCAA tournament? And uh, you can recap last night's game with us. What impressed you most about that? Got us till one o'clock. ESPN nine sixty San Angelo Talk one hundred three point nine FM News Money Sports. Don't forget Rob Rowe show coming your way at one o'clock. One of our leadoff texters today, Rob. Uh, Congratulations to the texture. They just updated the new and improved app. Fantastic. Listening on that app. Turn on the notifications and they say, yes, Texas Tech will make it to the tournament. New and improved app. Got to like the apps. Uh, let's see. <laughs> texture, the shooting at 80% was likened to limiting out in a hunt with the Duck Dynasty boys. Duck Dynasty. Is Duck Dynasty the new uh, spicy mustard? Is that the new spicy mustard now? Texter, could KU matter if we happen to lose by 30-ish? Just curious. Wreck them. No. The only, to lose the, what? If, if Tech were to lose, oh, to lose to Kansas? Kansas by 30, would that matter? No. It might matter in the room when the committee's talking, but analytically, no, it does not matter. No. And I shouldn't say that Kansas doesn't matter because if you go and beat Kansas, right. um, then you're... You're really looking at uh, not a lock. I don't want to say lock. You would still have if, to. If you went out, Ryan, and then win a game in the Big 12 turn, a game. A game. You're in. In the Big 12 turn. You're in and you're an eight seat. Yeah, eight, nine line. Like you, you have completely, completely, like lock. You're the seventh Big 12 seed. 
doesn't matter who would who does anything else if if the horizon like you yeah. you would eliminate a lot you would be a lock for the NCAA tournament if you went out and win a game in the Big Twelve. And man, I feel like we got to say this again because somebody on the uh, Twitter feed uh, either last night or this morning or whenever it was uh, at Ryan Hyatt Media at Rob Bro Show was talking about what happened to the Big Twelve being an eighteen you know eight bid league and all this stuff and I'm like okay we've got to have the conversation again leagues don't get bids right. Teams get bids. When when you hear people say, "Oh, the the Big Ten is a you know nine team," okay, they're not saying that the league is going to get those. They're saying right. within the league they have the profiles right to get that many teams in. People get confused on that, and I know you may say I'm parsing my words. I'm not. The Big Ten, the the Big Twelve is not a fill in the blank bid league. Right. You don't get automatic like bowl bids. There's not. Right. There's not bowl. You don't. You don't get the certain amount of West. Yeah. Entrance. You just. You, you don't get a Midwest bid. There are eight resumes right now that are tournament teams. Right. Arguably nine resumes right now that are tournament teams yeah. with Texas Tech on the bubble. Oklahoma right now, the only, only team that does not look like a tournament team. So be careful when you hear people talking about such and such league is a seven bid. No, 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 no. Right. That you get people get confused on that. There are nine resumes that make sense for the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, but there are snubs every year. Always. Last year, SMU got snubbed. Yeah. Uh, I am, With a good finish. I'm very confident that Texas Tech would win a tournament game if they got in the NCAA tournament and, and might even win two games. Uh, again, you go back to Iowa State – Getting out of the meat grinder of the Big 12 yep. is nearly a relief. It is. 100%. And you look at, uh, like like you played LSU, you were playing really bad before you played LSU, but you were able to finish against LSU because they're not as good as the rest of the yeah. Big 12. That's just flat right. facts. And if you can get in and be an 8-9 seed... And play an eight seed from another Power Five, Power Six conference. I have no doubt you will win that game. Or if it's Butler, yeah, or a school, a Utah State that you've played recently in the NCAA tournament around that line, I have full confidence that Texas Tech can win an NCAA tournament game. And it would be easier. This, listen to this. It would be easier to go to the Sweet Sixteen than to get to the finals in the Big Twelve tournament. Completely. One percent. It would be easy, and and you just have to get there. Yeah, you just have. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be on the eight nine line, please. No, that's a tough, tough. I'd rather be a ten seed. I'd rather be a twelve seed. I'd rather go play twelve five. Uh, stay because wouldn't Tech on the eight nine line when they played the Butler Butler under Tubby Smith? Yeah, yeah. Will Tech make uh, the NCAA tournament? That's the question of the day. It's Bandwagon Wednesday, 806-855-3712. Texter says, I'm on the Jalen Tyson bandwagon. He's getting better and better every game. What was his line last night? Tyson was 7 of 8, 2 of 2 long, 2 of 2 at the stripe. So 7 defensive rebounds, 8 total, and uh, 3 assists. He was part of the turnover fest in the first half. He ended up yeah. with uh, 4. That was the only negative on his line of 18 points. And I think all 4 were in the first half for him. I, yeah, I and and if so. you go back to look at the first time they played Oklahoma, and Jalen Tyson was, I think, 1 of 8. So same shots, 
he was just incredibly efficient last night. Yeah. And I want to say Jalen Tyson was the guy who shot the ball to win in regulation and missed it in Lubbock. Maybe. And he was really good last night. Very good. Beyond, beyond some of the turnovers in the first half. But again, if you've never played in Norman, I'm serious. You could hear the tech contingent. If you've never played in Norman, and a lot of those guys hadn't, it is really striking, especially in the middle of Big 12 play. And the last road game you played was uh, Baton Rouge, which is a good fan base. Yeah. Um, even when they're bad. It, it is weird. It is weird to play in Norman. It, yeah. It's like playing 11 a.m. in Lawrence. It is. In football. It, in football. Yeah. It sucks all of the energy out. And that's why I was saying it's it's sometimes easier to go to a place like Morgantown or Hilton or Lawrence because you feed off the crowd as much as the home team does. So one of the things I was I, I don't I was, I was going to tweet it out last night, but the game was just too good. But I was going right. to you know, dear SEC, you're getting an Oklahoma program that only cares about one thing. Their fan base supports one program, and that's Oklahoma football. They don't care about another thing there in Norman. They don't go to baseball unless they happen to be playing in Bricktown and then the T-shirt fans show up when they play Oklahoma State. They don't care about basketball. They don't care about baseball. They don't care about anything there. Maybe women's gymnastics. There was an Oklahoma fan who said they couldn't wait for the baseball team to be in the SEC in a conference that cared about baseball. <laughs> you have 1,700 average fans, maybe. 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 And they said five last night, but... Nah. 806-855-3712. Bandwagon Wednesday. Question of the day. Will Tech men's basketball make it to the NCAA tournament? You tell us. Jam up that text line. We'll get back to your text messages on the other side. It's Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. Eleven thirty-five. You got Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro coming to you from the Arctic Air Studios as we work till one o'clock. ESPN nine sixty San Angelo and in Lubbock Talk one hundred three point nine FM News Money Sports. It's Bandwagon Wednesday. You tell us the bandwagons you're on, the bandwagons you're off, sports or otherwise. And of course, you text in eight zero six eight five five three seven one two. Question of the day. It's pretty simple now. Will Texas Tech men's basketball make the NCAA tournament? Is it more probable now that they make it than they miss it? That with three games to go in the regular season, winning two of three in the Big 12 tournament, which which one's more improbable now? The way this team is playing, the reality of the moment, what they have uh, been able to string together. Getting Where where do we think Fardos Amak is right now? I mean, we know where he is. Hopefully he's in Lubbock and going to class right now. 60%, 70%, 75%, 60%, 70%, 75%, what are we seeing? I mean, if 60% double-double machine in the Big 12 is 60%. I mean, he then... still really can't elevate. You're still watching him play now when you're that tall. Right. <laughs> you don't have to jump a whole lot. But but you're still not seeing a guy who I think is fully healthy who can leap and jump and do all those things. Now, I'm not saying he's a yeah, Mac McClung. Right. I, I just – I don't – you only see highlights when a guy transfers. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. so I don't know how athletic night in and night out he was, especially against that caliber of play. Yeah. He, he might be 90%, and this yeah. is just him. That's a and, good point. And that's the kind of athlete he is. He's more of a, I don't want to call him sneaky athletic, but <laughs> he's work. not a guy. I mean, he's seven foot. He doesn't yeah. have to jump three feet. He doesn't need no. a 36-inch. He's almost there yeah. anyways. So, and and if he's getting rebounds, and and again last night, Groves claims he's six ten on the on the roster. I don't think he's that big. Didn't look like it. And then Jalen Hill is six six. He's Marco Santos Silva, um, of the last year. And he was really productive, and he's really athletic yeah. too. But that was a game that you were able to put a body on everybody and and be better than Oklahoma. And this weekend is a bad matchup for Texas Tech. You've had a couple of good matchups for Texas Tech. If if Eddie Lampkin is on, right, and he's hit or miss, but if he's on, and then they have two really good guards, at TCU does really good when they're when they're on. Maybe some of the best guard play in the country. And I'm not yeah transition I'm not and, and everything hyperbole else. here. Yeah. They really are. Yeah, Damian Bob was playing like Michael Jordan for a couple of weeks. And then Mike Miles, everybody knows what he is, preseason Big 12 Player of the Year. Yeah, so Coming back healthy, or healthier at yeah. this point. And and he had a couple of really good games, and they took Kansas to the wire. Uh, but you know who? Yeah. For Kansas, defensive stopper Kevin McCullough. Imagine that. Was huge down the stretch for Kansas in that one. That may be, uh, that may be one of the most impressive wins in the Big 12 for Kansas, I think. Yeah. Against that healthy TCU team on that hideous court. Yes. Yeah. To overcome all of that and right. still win. That's why I'm saying Kansas right now. They are they're looking like Kansas. I don't know that they're as good as they were last year, but against this field in the NCAA tournament this year, they're good enough. Uh they're good enough to repeat. 806-855-3712. Uh back to the text messages. Texture wants to know, Ryan, you've said you believe Adam's job security has nothing to do with on court success. Is he still in jeopardy of getting fired as of this morning? I'll tell you this. Nothing's changed behind the scenes. Nothing has changed in the relationship with prominent boosters. All the issues that were issues a month ago, two weeks ago, and last week are still there. 100%. Is it possible that there could still be a coaching change at Texas Tech after this season is over? Yes. Yes, it is 100% still possible because the issues weren't with the losing streak. The behind-the-scenes issues that are not so behind-the-scenes anymore, they're all still there. Yeah, and I've maintained that he's not going to get fired. Um, That does not mean there's not going to be a coaching change. But there are also other factors that are going around, and and we've talked about those. But there are also new other factors and maybe some available factors that have come into play. Interesting. It's all interesting. It's all interesting. Uh, But I will say this. You really hamstring uh, an athletic department if you make a tournament and win a game. (laughs) Yeah. An NCAA tournament. Yeah. Especially after starting 0-9. Oh, yeah. I mean, you... That if you're authoring one of the great turnarounds in Big 12 history... You force another year. And I, I don't really... I don't know that force is the right word, but... Because I... Again, it's just been so weird this season. Yeah. And there was a time where you did not look even talented. And in I, December and I don't and know, into January. Yeah, and, I, and 
like you were not going to win a Big 12 game. West Virginia came to Lubbock and beat you by 15. You were non-competitive. Yeah, and then even after a after the huge comeback, you go to Waco and get beat by yeah. 30. It's like this team just doesn't have it. And since then, they've absolutely had it and have been able to finish some games. And, hey, credit to coaching. Yeah. Because Mark Adams has found some rotations. There were some lineups last night in the second half, and you're just like, who? Some combos. Who, that- who is on? Like KJ Allen and Elijah Fisher and Lamar Washington all on the floor at the same time, and you're still being productive. And I think you're. Your defensive rotations have improved immensely, and I think a lot of that is Lamar Washington and Tyson. Yeah. And Tyson has certainly improved defensively. And Fisher is beginning to give Fisher you has extended minutes over the last two weeks, quality and, minutes. And Elijah Fisher, he doesn't fill up the box score generally. Um, he'll score in the paint sometimes. I know it's kind of dumb to always try to find a tech guy that a guy reminds you of. But right now, if Elijah Fisher could be Justin Gray the rest of the year and just, when he's in, play really hard and get a couple of rebounds that you don't expect him to and get a couple of buckets you don't expect him to and finish with 4-4 four and four and affect the game defensively, then that is going to be really, really good minutes for him. And that's what he's been doing. And Justin Gray was a guy who was always really athletic and at some times in his career, more of an athlete than a basketball player, but was really good for Texas Tech for a long stretch because he knew his role and stuck to it and played it really well. Mm-hmm. Texters on the text line, 806-855-3712 to text in. Will Texas Tech men's basketball make the NCAA tournament? Yes, no, that's the question of the day. It's bandwagon Wednesday. Looking at last night's win as well. Texter. Uh, speaking of Houston, which we were earlier, why shouldn't they deserve the number one seed if they win out? I know their conference is crap, but they're a proven team and can win it all. Is it strictly the competition? They'll they'll get a number one seed if they win out. Houston's going to be a number one seed if they win out. There, and let, let's use the Gonzaga comparison, all right? The good Gonzaga teams over the last few years in a bad conference where St. Mary's once a year might give them a game, right? And everything else, they're blowing out people by 30. Houston's in a much better basketball conference than what Gonzaga has been in. Houston's a very good team. Uh, Texter Daily, rumor question. Did the ACC, Washington, Cal, Stanford, Oregon stuff surprise either of you yesterday? It did me, said the Texter. Your mark needs to do it quick if he wants any packed teams. Just my unprofessional opinion. What makes you think your mark wants Washington, Cal, Stanford, and maybe even Oregon? Uh, you want Oregon. But again, if the ACC is involved in the conversation, it's not true. It's not serious, and it's it is. Being, it's not true. Well, yeah, it, because they can't do anything. Yeah, the ACC is is locked. Because if if especially if you're talking about a lower level ACC team, because that opens up the entire grant of rights. And what do and the networks Clemson, not want? You do not want to play Clemson double. No. You don't want to pay Miami double. You've got Miami locked in at 36. You don't want to pay them 60 yeah. in the SEC. You just flat out don't. Yeah. And we're probably heading in that direction. But the Pac-12 is not going to merge with the ACC. <laughs> You're not going to miss out 
on Cal and Stanford. Um, and again, there is zero reason. And I'm picking that word in particular because there is zero reason for the Big 12 to rush to 20. Yeah. In fact, that would be a poor move for the future of the conference to force yourself to 20 and not be able to get an NC State or a Virginia Tech or a Miami in five years. Yeah. Or and, State. And you do not want to be at 20 with with schools that do not want to be serious. And that's Stanford and right. Cal. And that's Washington State and Oregon State at times. I think Oregon State certainly could be a program that really elevates in a conference that gives them a position to elevate. But that would be a, a huge risk. And you've already taken the risks. Houston is the risk. Yeah. Cincinnati is the UCF risk. UCF elevating is the, is risk. the biggest risk. So you have zero reason. Now, if you want to get to 16 and match the SEC and the Big Ten, I think that's fine. Yeah. And if there are four schools in the Pac-12 that you want, that you feel would be serious and, and want a long-term commitment, aside from Oregon, I would take them on a right. couple of Right, we talked about that on the, the short-term rent-a-team rent deal. Now, now, there's another kind of they want an uneven pay scale and concessions that they can leave when they want. I would not do no. that. I would give them concessions on, hey, we'll give you an open-ended contract if you give us four years. Yep. But I wouldn't do any kind of uneven scale because you did that with Texas and you yeah. did that I with mean, Oklahoma. I, and you don't part of my concession again. to Oregon on that would be uh, we'll let you out, but you're going to owe us some money too for a couple of years. Right. We get two years worth of your Big Ten money. We let you go, but you're you're going to send us some money. Right. So it's up to you. People, Maybe people are beginning to realize, Rob, that the Big 12 is negotiating in a huge position of strength right now against the Pac-12. And the biggest ally that the Big 12 has is called ESPN. Make no mistake, ESPN is in the business of destroying the Pac-12 right now. It is in their best interest. And they're going to do what's in their best interest. Uh, Plainsman in Dallas texting in, On the Fardos, AMAC becoming a game-changer bandwagon. His presence and passing from the high post and rebounding and scoring inside have transformed our offense and solidified our defense. Unflappable, cool dude. I love watching him pass, and yeah. I love watching how they're utilizing him. It's it's a bit of a throwback, man, to you know the old days of a, a high-low post offense or a you know a triangle or a triple post type offense or something like that that you just hadn't seen a whole lot. In the last 10, 15, however many years you want to you want to put that in there. Yeah. Credit to the offensive staff for getting some sets in there, getting some, uh, I hate to say plays, but getting some sets in there that allow him to flourish in his skill set. It's fun uh, to watch. I don't know how different this season would be if he played the entire year. But you certainly don't start 0-9 in conference play. No, probably not. And you might even, you know, win a game like beat Creighton or one of those schools early. You probably don't struggle as much as you do. Uh, you get into some rotations. You probably figure out the defense earlier, right? If he's around, because you would have been able to to play with Elijah Fisher more and not need his offense as bad. I think that's one of the reasons he's been able to excel. But 
it is what it is at this point. <laughs> and if Fardos, because I did not think he would play again. Neither did I. After he got hurt for the second time. But if he can be a, a double double machine or eight and 10 or around a double double, the next four games, Eddie Lampkin is a lot less impactful. Um, he could be the guy that Bryson Williams was last year against Kansas because I think you can work the inside against Kansas. Um, and you absolutely should be Oklahoma State and Lubbock. Absolutely should. And they're pretty good. Impactful. All right, we got to take our final timeout, hour number one. You guys jam up the text line, 806-855-3712. Question of the day. Will Tech Mids basketball make the NCAA tournament? Yes or no? We can even morph it a little bit and say, if they will you be now more surprised if they don't than if they do with three regular season games left? 806-855-3712, the text line. Bandwagon Wednesday, tell us the ones you're on, the ones you're off. Anything else that's on your mind, we want to hear from you. 806-855-3712. We'll finish up our number one of Two Strong. It's Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. Parker's action update on Talk 1340. Check out VSIN's catalog of original podcasts, daily and weekly programming to keep you in the know when you're on the go. Only at VSIN.com. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Major League Baseball spring training is underway. Teams will begin playing games this Friday. Heading into the season, the defending World Series champion Astros are their favorite to win it again in 2023. They're a plus 650 bet. They're followed by the Yankees, Dodgers, and Mets, who are all plus 800. The Braves and Padres, both plus 1,000. The A's are the longest bet, plus $100,000. Favorites to win this year's NBA title, Boston at plus 325. Phoenix, plus 450. Milwaukee at plus 550 bet. Denver checks in at plus 800. Boston, the favorite to win the Stanley Cup at plus 500. Carolina, plus 700. Get the latest lines and more at vcin.com. Final segment, hour number one of two. It's Ryan I. It's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro here in the Arctic Air Studios. Got you to 1 o'clock, ESPN 960 San Angelo and Talk 103.9 FM News Money Sports. It is Bandwagon Wednesday. Give us the ones you're on, the ones you're off. Also, question of the day, will Tech men's basketball make the NCAA tournament? 806-855-3712. Doughboy resident trucker in Raiderland guns up trucking. If you see him honk. He's in uh, checking in from Louisiana. He's headed to Texas, and he just wants to remind us that OU still sucks. Thank you. Texter, I'm still on the best sports pep talk in a movie. Is still Kurt Russell's speech in the Disney movie Miracle Bandwagon. Anniversary, Miracle on Ice, this day, 1980. Rob, it was... It was unbelievable as a kid seeing that. To put your... And you have to have everything in context... It wasn't just an amazing upset. It was Cold War. It was Reagan versus Russia. And Ronald Reagan would be uh, be coming in as president uh, during 1980. It was the uh, Iranian hostage situation. It was it was everything that in that moment coalesced. It happened on a Friday night, and I still can't believe 
this is how much things have changed since then, Rob. That game, of course, as most people know, was shown tape delay in America. It was played in the afternoon. You get home, you're watching the local sports. And for those of you who don't want to know what happened in Lake Placid today, have somebody get up and go to the TV and turn down the sound or change the channel for 30 seconds. <laughs> wink, wink. And and they, they showed it replay. I saw it at my grandparents' house. And the outpouring of patriotism, like nothing else that right. I have seen in my lifetime. People, if you had an American flag, you put out your American flag for maybe the first time in a long time. Uh, and that, you know, obviously wasn't even the gold medal game. You, you win it a couple of days later. It was contextually one of the biggest sports moments in my life. And we were watching it on tape. Can you imagine that today? Watching it on tape delay. Uh, Texter, I'm on the bandwagon of whoever designed the uh, sideline out-of-bounds play at the end of the game. Uh, my question is, where's that guy been? You know, a, a lot of sidelines and inbounds plays and timeouts is execution. Mm -hmm. There were several well-designed inbounds plays that just did not get executed early in the season. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's a point of a contention with Mark Adams and the staff, and it has been. And going back to the Chris Beard era, right? there was always some consternation on end-of-game moments and scenarios where you're not taking timeouts or you are taking timeouts. And, and this is what a, you came up with out of the timeout? It's a player's game. You know, you're yeah. letting the players play. So it's not new. But this year in particular, I felt like there was some solid plays that just did not get executed. I think going back to that Oklahoma game, um, Tyson, I think it was Tyson at the end of the you, – you drew up a really good play – at the end of regulation and did not make the bucket. Yeah. And then Kansas, Pop got the lane and drove, and they didn't call the foul. Yeah. She had the look. You had the look, and all he had to do was go up, and he couldn't get to the basket because he got bumped. But, yeah. So, I think there was a lot of execution problems, and you can still blame that on coaching. Mm -hmm. If you wish, that's kind of what the coach's job is. If you're not executing, it's... Not coaching them up properly. Yep. But I do think there's been a lot of moments this year where you had the play. And either it was well defended, or your point guard dribbled for five seconds instead of making a pass. Nine out of ten plays drawn up on baseline inbound or sideline inbound, nine out of ten are usually pretty good plays. It boils down to who's running the play and, and how good are you at running it. And, by the way, the defenses in the Big 12 are really good. Yeah. <laughs> and the defense can take it away from you. Yeah, absolutely. They sometimes they you. sometimes they call a better play yeah. or, or, or call the right play. It. Yeah. It's been known to happen. You can't sit there and talk about how great your defense is and then say, well, nobody else plays defense. It's our offense that didn't execute. Well, sometimes defense wins. 806-855-3712. Get us some more bandwagons. Talking Tech basketball today. Will Tech men's basketball make the NCAA tournament? That's the question of the day. Quick break. It's Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland, a presentation of the Texas Town Square Media Network. Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland, featuring Rob Bro.
Excuse me, I believe you have my stapler. Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland. Welcome back, hour number two, Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. Congrats to us, we've done it again. We turn morning into afternoon as you find folks. Right here in the Arctic Air Studios, ESPN 960 San Angelo and in Lubbock, Talk 103.9 FM News Money Sports. I'm just Ryan Hyatt, at Ryan Hyatt Media on Twitter, theraiderland.com, the website. We archive everything we do there. Back with you tonight around 6.30ish. We'll uh, sum up the day's events with the daily broadcast. It's fun, interactive online presentation. He's Rob Bro at Rob Rowe Show, king of hat of the day, wearing the glorious gambling gauchos, black cap with the white rope. And uh, one third of the gambling gauchos, uh, you got y'all. Did y'all go live last night after the game? It was a little bit late. Oh uh, yes. Okay. Ky- I well, Kyle did. Well, okay. I, th- I thought I thought y'all had a presence. Yeah. You had a long day. I did. Speaking of which, uh, Lance Leinert, Panhandle Sports Hall of Famer, will join us later on this hour. We'll talk about the epic five overtime, five overtimes, eighty six seventy eight Monterey uh, Lady Plainsman win over the Sandys last night. I know there's been some four overtime games in high school basketball around the area yeah. in the last several years. Um, you know, the Lady Raiders just went to three overtime. Yeah, well, I was about to say that that you know Mark Finkner does the uh, Lady Raider games. Yeah. you know, was texting me, was asking me, you know, you want to guess how many overtime games? And I, I was like, eh, you know, probably twenty five, thirty, thirty two, I think, but never a triple over. I'd never called a triple overtime. Right. I think I'd done like one or two double. I don't think I've ever called. Double. Of course, I haven't called as many basketball games as you, but yeah. So uh, pretty, it's, it's in the water right now. Insane. I guess insane. Yeah, and man, that we we didn't talk about the Oklahoma State loss uh, for Texas Tech over the weekend, but man, there was a a technical at the end, and then yeah. and then you had a a trip in the third overtime in Lubbock. Where Bryn Gurley goes straight up, and they call a contact foul on her. Mm-hmm. Probably is a foul, but she hey, was straight up. And we're in triple overtime. And the next trip down the floor, Bree Scott does the same thing and gets pummeled, goes to the ground. No, no call. Foul. No call. And that was a ended up being a four point swing, and they scored on the other end. So really, it was a like a six point so, yeah, swing, and becomes the difference. And that in a was close the game. game because then at that point, with two minutes left, you're having to foul, and that's how it got to ten. But it was yeah. it was that, and again, three overtimes, lots of plays. There are lots yeah. of plays before that Still. where you could have won that game, but to have it come down to that and that really be the difference late in that one was frustrating. Yeah. I'm sure, especially for Coach Gurley. Very. And, and for a home, you know, the home game that you really needed there against Oklahoma State. Uh, question of the day on Bandwagon Wednesday. Will Tech basketball make the NCAA tournament? We can also phrase it this way. Will you be more – what will surprise you more now? Rob, will you, be, will you be more surprised if they make it or more surprised if they don't now with three regular season games to go in the position they put themselves in? I mean, we're, it's yeah, so, amazing the flip of the script that we've got with this team. So we did this uh, Sunday night on the, the Gambling Gauchos. We were just talking about the podcast, but – uh, and and I said I said it was going to be 51% that you probably yeah. make the tournament. 
Uh, I really do feel like it's more likely at this point that Texas Tech is in the postseason, in the NCAA tournament, because of what's left. Mm-hmm. And I really think that you can go two and one or one and two across the final three and then do enough in the Big 12 tournament to to be intrigued mm-hmm. on Selection Sunday. You got a reason to pay attention. To be intrigued. Uh, but again, if you go two and one and then win a game or two in the Big Twelve tournament, I, I really would think it shoots up to sixty or seventy percent that you're in the tournament. Eight oh six eight five five three seven one two. I'll tell you one bandwagon I'm on before we get back to the textures. Can we go forty eight hours without blowing dirt? Can we? Can we go twelve? Uh, give me a give me an <laughs> afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. Or an evening. It's give, give me a night I mean, with no dust. I yeah. know people are suffering a lot worse than than you and I are. Right. But we're the guys who you know got to be on for two to three hours uh, right. running our mouth because it is talk radio. We've tried it the other way, not saying much, and the audience didn't really uh, relish it. And I don't know that either of us are going to have a voice tomorrow. You've been fighting for a week and a half. This morning, I I sounded like a log truck bogging down in the mud trying to find a gear for the voice. So if we're not here tomorrow, uh, that's why. Neither one of us will have a voice. We'll just type. We'll text everybody. We'll tweet the show. Texter, I'm all the way on the XFL bandwagon. It's exactly the product I want to watch. Just need more people in the stands. I didn't watch much this past weekend. I'm not anti-XFL. I am seasonal football guy, though, Rob, and I just feel like right now when the Super Bowl ends and the NFL season is over and we've been going week to week by week by week and we're breaking down games, and I'm kind of footballed out right now. That I, I really do think that if they would wait and maybe go in May or June and kind of, kind of give me the old summertime you know, deal, like the original concept of the USFL was, and run up to NFL training camps, I feel like maybe I'd, I'd, I'd be more attuned to it then. I know that sounds weird, but right now I'm footballed out. I, yeah. I, I just I don't, I don't need that product right now. I want college baseball. I want March Madness. I want, you know, the anticipation of – having my heart broken as I return to being a Texas Ranger fan of some modicum of support. I just I don't need any football right now. Not there a- are some really interesting things that the XFL does, and I think them getting in before the USFL returned this year is going to be big for them, uh, especially because they got all their rosters set. The, S- the USFL did their draft, like, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So there's an entire... Like they are going to be the third or fourth league, right? Right now, and all of it. Now, maybe some players waited for the USFL because they were in the USFL last year, and you're still going to have some talent, but it's thinner this year because you don't have those XFL bodies. Um, But what I was going to say was the ability in the XFL to not tie. If any of those games go into overtime, it's going to be a miracle. There was a game this weekend, I believe it was the Brahmas, where they're up like 12 with a minute and a half left and lose by six. (laughs) Because you have the ability to score a touchdown, go for three with a long play in the the PAT section, and then instead of an onside, 
It's the 4th and 15 play. And if you get that, then you're right back in business. So I think with about two minutes left, they erase like 16 points because of those options. And those are really cool. And I would not be surprised if, you know, back in the USFL days, the original USFL, you you, you took the, what was it, the PAT and the two-point conversion yeah. or whatever else from the USFL into the NFL. I would not be surprised if the XFL sticks around for a few years that you see some of these rules in the NFL. Yeah, even if it doesn't, you may see the NFL yeah. move to some of those rules. And, and I thought, I thought there was a good chance that the kickoff rule would be implemented uh, fairly soon because of the reaction the first time around in 2020 with the XFL and the kickoff, yeah. where you're standing five yards apart. I really do like that. I mean, if you're eliminating injuries, the injuries happen because you're running down there, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So that makes try, it more like yeah. a scrimmage play. Yeah. So if you're if you're trying to eliminate injuries, that's the big part of it, and. You know, they took out the wedge, and they took out some other things, and they moved the kick closer to where there's more touchbacks, but there is an ability there to do that fairly easily, and that's not a huge change in the game. Um, And, hey, if you want to make games faster, eliminate overtime, and you can do that by allowing teams to score one, two, or three and have more variations and score Gami and all that. And And the fourth and 15 instead of the onside kick is incredible. It's high drama. And again, allow the field goal kicker to call it off the upright and give him four points. Right. Yeah. He's calling it. He's calling yeah. his shot. Imagine the drama. And I, I know the XFL is not incredible talent. That, that talent is reserved for the NFL. But I think the rules in the XFL provide enough intrigue that I will at least follow the XFL yeah. this year. I'm not anti-XFL because of the product. Again, it's just my right. You just fatigue. need some break, and you know March Madness is such a. We're college football fans. Yeah, the XFL is a professional football fan league. Right. If you're only an NFL fan, and there are a lot of people out there yes, that are there only are. NFL fans, um, then the XFL is for you. Yeah, we're college football fans first and foremost that cover and follow the NFL. Um, but even our NFL interests are mostly college interests because we're following the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes. Right. So, yeah, I think the XFL fits a good niche, and it would be even better in the summer, I think, to your point. But, yeah, I'm watching college basketball, yeah. and I'm focused on college basketball, and then I'm focused on college baseball. And if there's an XFL game on and I'm bored, I'll probably tune in. Yeah. I will watch the highlights. I will follow. If you know a Texas Tech player does something in the XFL, I'll pay attention. TJ Vasher with the Brahmas. Yeah. Uh, Rico Jeffers with the Brahmas. I think he had a sack. Colin Schooler, I think, in Arlington. Good for him. I didn't realize he was he, in Arlington. I think he maybe he had the sack. Yeah, one of the two. I, I just I know there's lots of Texas Tech players in and around it. So there's some value there, but I agree that it's college basketball season. Yeah. Texters on the text line. It's Bandwagon Wednesday. We're also asking you: Will Tech men's basketball make the NCAA tournament? Eight oh six eight five five. 3712 Texter says, I realize we're not little old tech anymore, but did I hear you say Adams could get to the dance and tech money people will still buy out his hefty contract? Well, that's not exactly what I said, but uh, let me reiterate, uh, that money's not a problem. All right? that that's, that's three phone calls. Yes, you're not little old tech anymore, and it's really not that hefty of a contract. Mark Adams is still 
when you look at uh, what Tech is paying the head basketball coaching position right now, even with the extension, it is still significantly below what I would call market value. No pun intended right there with the with the name. See what we did there? Yeah, that's what we did. Uh, Texter says, I saw Coach McGuire at the Pancake Festival, and he got me fired up for Tech football. I can't effing wait. Where is he not? Was he out serving pancakes? I'm sure he was. Well, of course he was. Why would he not be? Celebrities serving pancakes. I, I was sad to miss that. We were in Houston this weekend. Where is he not? He is everywhere. Now again, there are there are three Joey McGuire's, right? Yes. It's, it's if you saw, I think it was duplicity or multiplicity. There was a movie yeah, out duplicity, yeah, years ago where multiplicity, multiplicity. Uh, uh, John Cusack was that it? Maybe I'm thinking of another one with a different actor. Anyways, he clones himself. Yeah, but each clone gets dumber. This is yeah. the reverse. Every clone of Joey McGuire is even better. Yeah. Where is he not? And I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here nice about Matt Wells. In the COVID era, he wasn't able to do those things. Right. That The optics, you couldn't be yeah. out doing those things, even though we now know that, yes, you could. Absolutely, you could. Right. We were stupid. But he, he was, had to play by the rules. His opportunity was handing out box lunches at Friendship. Yeah. Like, not quite, right, not not quite, quite the, the same, same impact, yeah. Uh, but Joey McGuire's weekend. Let's go through it. Uh, Hayden Wigington, Texas Tech football player, plays at the Blue Light. Uh, out there supporting that, they, leading Raider power at the Blue Light. They had, uh, I think they bought out all the tables there and, and took the whole football team, it looked like. So that was, I haven't done that that in was years. one night. <laughs> uh, and then you had, obviously, the pancake breakfast, as the texter says. So, yeah, full weekend. Yeah. And I'm sure he was out supporting some of his football players and bas- playoff basketball. And so I'm else. directing traffic on uh, on 82nd in Milwaukee yeah. for one of the uh, you know Crazy. churches out there. I mean, he's everywhere. Yeah, there was a, a, a house fire, and he went in and <laughs> saved, saved the cat. Kitten. Yeah, yeah. Two uh, kittens. Coach Gerlich. One of the kittens was blind. Coach Gerlich also out and about last night uh, at the Amarillo Monterey game. How many coaches were there? I bet a lot. How many coaches were there? So our good friend of the program, Tucker Lowrance, was calling the Floydata boys game after that one. And he said he couldn't even get in. Like, he was trying to get yeah. in. He's standing room only. Did he not drop the I'm, I'm Tucker Lowrance? Try, yeah, he did finally. Former got producer the of the Rob Rowe Show. And then there was uh, another broadcaster in his spot <laughs> that was, was calling the Monterey game. Was it Lance Liner? No, it wasn't Lance Liner. Lance Liner's going to join us to Views talk about that. from the that. office there, Here in just Liner. a little bit. Uh, 806-855-3712. we got to take the quick timeout. We're taking you until 1 o'clock on Bandwagon Wednesday. Give us the bandwagons you're on, the ones you're off today. Also, question of the day, will Tech Men's Basketball make the NCAA tournament? It's a simple question. Just answer the question. 806-855-3712. It's Ryan I. It's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. Twelve twenty-two. You got Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro coming to you from the Arctic Air Studios. As you listen in on San Angelo ESPN nine sixty and in Lubbock, Talk one hundred three point nine FM. Question of the day: Will Tech basketball, men's basketball, make the NCAA tournament? Three regular season games to go home this weekend against TCU, Road, Kansas, Home, Oklahoma State. 
Did they make it or not? After last night's 74-63, fairly easy victory at Oklahoma. Bandwagons, you were on. Bandwagons, you were off. It was created by a listener. It stays with the show. It is now part of the identity and the fabric of uh, Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. It's Bandwagon Wednesday. And then we'll visit with Lance Leinert from uh, Up Amarillo Way, Panhandle Sports Hall of Famer. Required by law to say that about last night's Amarillo High. Monterey Girls 5 Overtime Thriller, Lady Plainsman Advancing. We're talking XFL moments ago, former Tech Players texter. How is Vasher not on an NFL roster? Well, one of the best lines I heard about him after Tech, it was pretty simple. The guy said, lethal outside the numbers, lethargic in between the numbers. That he was regarded as an incomplete route runner, that he did not have route definition, and that he just wasn't good enough in the middle part of the field to be an NFL receiver. That outside, using his length and his body, great. But the rest of the time, you just couldn't have him on the field. He's got to improve that. Yeah, and and I think a lot of that is... You know, him getting stronger and, and getting an NFL body as opposed to a college body. But it, when you when you talk about system players, um, a lot of times that's perceived as a negative. I generally turn it as a positive, especially with a system quarterback. You want to be in a perfect system as a quarterback for your team. But Vasher is kind of the definition of a system-wide receiver. He needs to be in a pass-happy, yep. vertical um offense and he would be a third or fourth wide receiver on an NFL team but he would be outside the numbers as a deep threat yeah um not really working inside not not multiple formations guy and could he land somewhere and be the fifth wide receiver sure um is that a better career than let's say dominating in an XFL or USFL or CFL and having a long career there I don't know. I, I don't know if the money is widely different for a practice squad fifth, right. fifth wide receiver, and and really, you'd have to carve out a role on special teams as well. And that's something that he hasn't been able to do right at the NFL level, for whatever reason. Yeah. One would want to well, assign I don't that. Really, know that he has the frame. No. Generally, you want the shorter, compact guys like yep. a Noah Brown, who could. You know, go down like a linebacker on special teams. He doesn't really fit the profile no, as the fifth wide receiver. He's on he's a team. he's a luxury piece. Yeah, that if you happen to have a spot that he could just be that luxury piece, like you're describing, Look, that's how he makes an NFL roster. Like like let's say the Kansas City Chiefs have an open spot in the summer and want to bring him in for a workout. If he could impress and be a vertical threat, or at least a third down threat. Like if he could carve out like an Anquan Bolden role, and just be a possession guy or a Keyshawn Johnson. I know those are two really good players, but those kind of roles mm-hmm. as just kind of an eater, then yeah, he might be able to. But certainly in Dallas, that was not what he was being asked to do. Mm-hmm. And even with the thinness of the Dallas wide receiver core, he Never. was the ex- he was the expendable piece. Yeah. Texter uh, talking about uh, Pac-12 and uh, all that good stuff says, let me clarify, I have no interest in Cal Stanford or Washington. Uh, just a new take on the daily hot takes we've heard for months now. I believe no Pac-12 teams make it to the Big 12. Apple? Really? Great rumor they're uh, spreading there with Apple. I love it. Good good stuff, Kenzano and the boys. Uh, there will be Pac-12 teams in the Big 12 at some point. Whether it's this summer or four years from now, there will be. 
Texter says, if 7-Eleven makes the tourney, yes, Texas Tech will make it. That's the question of the day. It has made the tourney. Yes. Recently. Made it last year. Yeah. So you got empirical evidence. Again, we caution. Remember, leagues don't get bids. Teams yeah. get bids. I also think the Big 12, like you're you're trying to look at history. The Big 12 five years ago is not the Big 12 now. No. The Big 12 three years ago is the Big 12 now. Certainly last year. But but at some point, everyone got good. Five years ago, it was really, it, maybe not top-heavy, but there were five really good teams. In the last two years, maybe three, there's been seven really good teams. And for a long stretch this year, there's been nine really good teams with Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and West Virginia kind of rotating in the 10th spot of punching up to the competition. Speaking of West Virginia, is it time to root against Huggy Bear? Uh, that Tech's interest would be better served if West Virginia loses out? or So everybody has three games left. Yeah, Nobody plays tonight. I think if the Big 12 goes chalk, Texas Tech is in the tournament. Besides Texas Tech beating TCU and Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma is no longer a factor. So, but but you, need, you need Baylor to win. You need West Virginia to lose. And you need Oklahoma State to lose a couple and then play you. Now, does it maybe benefit you or at least hurt you even more that Oklahoma might lose out and be 90th in the net and yeah, turn and into a quad two, two or three? Yeah, that you need that. You need them to hang in there. When I say they're a non-factor, they're a non-factor for the tournament. But you still need those that, that win to look good. But, but you also kind of just need Oklahoma to – Lose to TCU in the final game to to make the TCU. If you win, hey, welcome to the Big Twelve. You kind of just want to go chalk, I think, and have the best teams win and the middle teams lose, and you kind of meet Oklahoma State in the middle, maybe. There, there you go. That's easy. Oh, and beat Kansas. That'll 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 be good too. That would that would that would be a large piece. Yes. Eight oh six eight five five three seven one two bandwagon Wednesday. Lance Leinert, join us next. Talk a little girls' high school basketball. It's Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. Twelve thirty-five. You got Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro taking you to one o'clock here in the Arctic Air Studios as you listen in in San Angelo on ESPN nine sixty and in Lubbock. Talk one hundred three point nine FM. News, money, sports. Don't forget, Rob Bro Show rolls your way Monday through Friday one to two right here on Talk one hundred three nine. So if you don't have the app, get it. You can keep right on listening no matter where you call Raiderland home. It's Bandwagon Wednesday. We're also asking the question of the day: Will Tech make the NCAA tournament? and uh, many other things that are on your mind. Take a break from a little bit of the college basketball discussion to uh, bring on the Hall of Famer himself, Texas Panhandle Sports Hall of Fame journalist, radio talk show host, writer deluxe, Lance Leinert joins us again on the program. Man, it's good to hear your voice. Thanks for hopping on. Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure, Ryan. Good to hear your voice as well, yeah. when we have a... Was, that, was a, that was a good day for my, me and my family, I will say that. <laughs> when, uh, That's all I remember that day, so when, yeah. When we have a five-overtime epic Texas high school <laughs> classic, we have to go to someone who can put it into perspective, and we've got to get the Hall of Famer. Lance, I, I, I texted you last night, you know, 
have you know have you ever seen anything like that heck i've never even heard of anything like that lance where does this rank just for you personally on all-time sports moments you know it, it's up there you know and i've done it for 40 years so it's way up there ryan i i have that panhandle football game where they held the ball the entire fourth quarter to win a 7-7 game by the, the back in the old good old 20-yard penetration oh, yeah. day. So that one's always up there. But, no, nah, this one's right there with the best of them. Uh, I mean, you know, Jill, Jill Rankin-Schneider, obviously the Monterey coach, she's been there 24 years. She was a co-captain on the 1980 U.S. Olympic team. Now they did boycott that, but played at Tennessee, played at Wayland. You know, she's in the basketball. She had never seen it, heard about it, and so that puts it in perspective. How how uh, um, not amazing. I'm, I'm struggling for my words, Lance. But maybe yeah. important that these were two great teams. What what happened last night? It wasn't just a you know early district game that just happened to go. I mean, this is high level, maybe at the highest level around the state out here in West Texas with girls basketball. That it, they, it was the, the two teams that put on the show make it extra special. Yeah, and then the setting. You got sixteen hundred people in a. In a place that seats fifteen hundred, at Littlefield, <laughs> it's down like in a bowl. So uh, all the noise is raining down on the floor. You got Krista Gerlich sitting at one end, the Texas Tech women's coach staying all five overtimes. So you add that going on around it, and and, and you're right, Ryan. Plus, we we do we're proud of our eight hundred six girls high school basketball around here. The traditions of the Canyons, the Nazas. Uh, Emerald Hyde's won a couple of state titles here recently with Jeff Williams. And, and so the setting was unreal. Number one, Monterey. Number seven, Emerald High. And here's the thing that's kind of forgotten. When you go five overtimes, that's two and a half extra quarters of basketball. Okay? So no one has ever gone that deep as a player. The other thing is, Ryan, this game is 37 to 24 with 248 to play in the third. Like, Emerald <laughs> High has just put a 19-2 run on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So to setting up to it, you're like, I-, I can't believe this just happened. You know what I mean? But when you walk out of there, you're like, did I really just see that? Okay? Did I really just see that? People around here, obviously, have been aware of Chavez uh, there for the Plainsman yeah. for a while. You, again, you've chronicled a lot of great girls basketball players that have gone on to Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, you name it. Power 5 schools, big D1 programs. What makes her special, different at her age that you've seen? Yeah, just a sophomore. She handles the ball, bringing it up the floor. Incredible handles. She can get to the basket on her own. She has amazing range on the three, like a lot of the, the Steph Curry era is just amazes me where they're allowed to shoot. First of all, right in our day, if you shot outside of 15 feet, you're a bench. You know, <laughs> that's I mean? right. Get out of there. Now, now it's double that. Literally, it seems like you know. But no, she her range is amazing, and and then when she decides to facilitate, uh, the other players step up. And let's give credit. Um, Monterey, I mean, she was held to 13 points. We're only 13, my gosh. That's how great. Yeah, that, that says how great a player she is. Only 13. She's averaging 30 in regulation, I'm talking about, Ryan. And Emerald High put uh, Victoria Barrera on her and just hawked her. And it did frustrate her. But let's, let's give credit where credit's due. Uh, point guard, uh, Ambrosia Cole, 22 points, just a freshman. 
This is for Monterey. And then Kelly Mora inside was absolutely crushing to Amarillo High. But, Ryan, it had it all. I'm just telling you. It looks like Amarillo High's done in the third overtime, okay? And and it, what happens? A nailed three-pointer, okay? I mean, by Lacey Rice, who made, had only made one other basket. Fourth overtime, Amarillo High really just fortunate. McKenzie Smith, who had 32. Banks went in from the top of the key. So all this is happening, and you're like, is it ever going to end? It's almost a shame it had to end, in a way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we well, said... Well, it's a shame there to be a loser, because yeah. my my hope is that Monterey recovers from this physically and emotionally. Good they point. have Timberview up next, probably another one of the best teams in the state in the regional semis. And after seeing that game, you're just hoping the winner of that gets rewarded with a state championship. Yeah, that's an underrated point there. You don't get to go get treatment for six hours the next couple of days. You have to go back to high school for a couple of days and then travel back uh, wherever they're going. I guess Wichita Falls. Falls. Yeah, I think it's a 4 o'clock Friday game for them. Hey, yeah. Uh, change uh, change gears just a little bit. We're visiting with Lance sure. Leinert, host of the Sports Drive. You can hear him in Amarillo. Uh, uh, what, y'all hit at five, is that right? Five to seven. At five. Yeah. yeah, five to seven. I want yeah. to make sure. Well, I didn't want to cheat you out of an hour on that. Uh, I appreciate that. The way the wind's blowing today, they'll be picking you up in Canada, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's brutal. It is so brutal. I want, I want to get your thoughts on what we're talking about with Texas Tech men's basketball, the turnaround over really the last two, two and a half weeks or so, maybe going back to that LSU out-of-conference win in the SEC Challenge. Particularly from the standpoint, you've you've covered Mark Adams and known Mark Adams a long time. Can you look back at any time in his coaching career where he had an in-season you know, turnaround like this that, that compares to maybe something you saw in the past? No, I can't. <laughs> I really can't because he was so successful at WT. And then in his junior college days, you know, that yeah. won so many games. And then obviously last year in his debut. But I, but I will say this. I think uh, he, I've never seen him as – I will say this because I know I'm behind the scenes a little bit, and I know Rick Cooper even better uh, behind the scenes. And there was a heavy frustration with with him. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because of what was going on. It was the worst-case scenario. But Fardaz, as you guys have talked about, when they're able to rebound and, and, and set up what defense he can play with this team, it makes all the difference in the world, okay? They're just not getting crushed on the boards like you we've seen a lot during the season, but give him credit, man. You know, I mean, they want him fired, get him out of here, bring Beard back, uh, you know, and, and trust me, his ears are not closed. He is hearing this. He is one of those guys right. who knows what's going on. So it was a, I, I, I think it's just an impressive turnaround. I, I think they're a gritty team. I think the Big 12, uh, like you guys have talked for the last two months, it's, it's so tough night in and night out, and they're, and they're getting the breaks here and, and playing some good basketball. So I'm impressed. I I will be honest. I thought, no way. I thought this team was toast. Yeah. Okay? I really did. Well, there was no That's reason not, not to two weeks ago. Yeah. And I love Mark Adams, but I, I thought they were dead in the water. Okay? Before you get out of here, uh, one more, and I don't know whether you can confirm or deny this, has uh, has Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov reached out to the Tascosa Rebels about going to the Pac-12? Is that a viable rumor right now 
you know, with Coach Plunk and, and where that program is, uh, it, that, it seems like it could be a good fit. Man, you are on your game. You have sources everywhere. I thought I was holding on to that one, yeah. No, <laughs> I would not be surprised the way that's all going down. College, college athletics has changed so much, and, I, and I'm no longer old guy on the lawn. I loved – I hate seeing UCA, USC and UCLA in the big team. I, I, yeah. I despise that kind of stuff. But I've just kind of said, okay. And you're Whatever kind of a happened, you're kind of a Colorado happened. guy going to going to high school there at, uh, at yeah. Air Force Academy High School, and I mean when you see Colorado not in the Big Twelve or Big Eight in in, in the Pac twelve, oh, yeah. as you would watch that just as a fan, you know what's that like for you? Yeah, no, I mean they lost all they lost all fan base like outside of Boulder because they went to the Pac twelve, okay, and then they didn't do anything in it, you know, football wise. Had a little basketball run there for a couple of years, but uh, yeah, no, they 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 crushed all the traditions. You know, it, fair enough, Ryan. And I know it's Nebraska and Colorado, and who cares in general? You know yeah. what I mean? But that was the rivalry of all rivalries. Was great. In the state of Colorado. Okay, it just was. I mean, as a Southwest Conference guy, I grew up and yes. I'm seeing you know like two big eight games a year. I'm seeing OU Nebraska, and I'm seeing Colorado and Nebraska. Yep, and it was always yep. sleeting. It was always sleeting something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and uh, you know, I wouldn't expect you. The corn showed up in Boulder, and they were uh, loud and proud. Okay, I, I wasn't expecting to to ask you this kind of media question like that. But you you still spend you know have spent a lot of time up in Colorado over the years, and since they've gone to the Pac-12, what kind of command does you see Boulder have over that Denver media market? It seems like it's such a pro sports market that when people talk about Colorado delivering the Denver Metro, do they really move the needle like that anymore? Not even close. It's all Denver Broncos, okay? Yeah. You have, obviously, the Joker in there with the Nuggets, so they have their loyal fans. And then the Rockies, just because it's a nice day, still a gorgeous stadium, the team is horrible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they're, they're, they fight those three, okay? And, and they're, they're, wet, they're a, a distant force right now until they get relevant. I will say this: I had uh, Coach Gary Barnett, former my high school coach, who used to coach CU, and he said Deion Sanders has moved the needle like nobody has in the last oh, yeah. decade there. So he's pretty excited, you know what I mean? So can we tell we'll people see. what uh, Gary Barnett nicknamed you there in high school? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we're visiting with the Flea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, Ryan, I thought I got rid of that. Like, you know, <laughs> out of high school, you go, I go with the Greeley. Oh, yeah. A quick story. I'm done with it, okay? And then all of a sudden, one of my, you know, schoolmates, of course, they're a Greeley, you know what I mean? Hey, Flea, what's going on? And then my friends, it, it was over. <laughs> you know what I mean? So There was, are worse it, nicknames. There are worse nicknames, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. I can't hey, and, uh, and shout out to Zach Thomas. We had him oh, on the yeah. radio station. Any of your listeners, I know you guys are tapped in big time. Uh, we have on our website, uh, self-promote here. Yeah, uh, do it. Uh, his, his interview that was about 25 minutes long, if you go to uh, thepanhandlesportstar.com, we had him on last week. Really good interview. And you probably know this, Ryan, but he came to Tech as a running back. Mm-hmm. That is why war number 35. I did not know that. I really did. Yeah, that was a number. The number 35 was a number Donnie Buck, the old equipment manager, would, would kind of reserve and give out to guys he thought were going to be special. 
Okay. Uh, Bam Morris had 35, I think, when he initially showed up on campus uh, before. What did he end up wearing? Can't remember what he ended up. Yeah. yeah. Either way, uh, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of how that, that came around at that time. And then, of course, Zach Thomas's presence uh, kept uh, Spike Dykes from recruiting some guy from Lovington, New Mexico, who he also wanted to make a running back. I wonder whatever happened to that guy. I heard he played for the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and Urlacher was a first ballot Hall of Famer and, and you know. Zach Thomas was too, he just didn't get elected. <laughs> yeah. I'll make it. It's gonna be a that. big day for his family. He's so appreciative. Uh, you know, I mean he's he's definitely humbled. I think he was shocked as the emotions when he when Jimmy Johnson actually yeah. was at his house to tell him. And I'm so glad Jimmy cool. Johnson was able to do that. I mean, for both those guys that, that moment, you know, that could be shared. I was glad that that happened. He's, he's Lance Leonard, everybody. Uh, check out the show today at 5. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you on the dial and also where they can find you on social media. Right, 102.9 FM if you're in the Amarillo area, and then go to panhandlesportstar.com, and then Odyssey, Odyssey, all that stuff we're on, you know, that if, you, if, you can, if you're out of state or whatever and you want to grab it. Always appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Appreciate you, man. Thanks for the interview. Thanks. Lance Leonard, everybody. Not, he's got a pretty good voice for a newspaper guy, doesn't he? I mean, most newspaper guys sound like Don Williams. Yeah, he should do some radio. He ought to get into radio and do some of that. Final segment of the day, at least for our show, coming up. You guys jam up the uh, text line, 806-855-3712. We'll tech men's basketball and make the NCAA tournament. Give us the bandwagons you're on or you are off today. And anything else that you want to get in, we've got plenty of time for you. 806-855-3712. It's Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro. Segment of the day, Brian Hyatt's Raiderland featuring Rob Bro coming to you from the Arctic Air Studios. Got you till one o'clock, so still time for you to get in on the text line 806-855-3712. From one to two, Rob Bro show coming your way on Talk 103.9 FM. I'm sure much of the discussions will carry over, including Texas Tech basketball winning last night 74-63. You can give us your thoughts on that. The question of the day, will Tech men's basketball make the NCAA tournament? Yes or no, and it is Bandwagon Wednesday, so you've still got time to get on a bandwagon, uh, get off a bandwagon, sports or otherwise. We referenced it a little bit earlier, more in the uh, first hour of the show, but the uh, impending demise of the Pac-12. Jason Shear, again, covers Arizona, great Twitter follow. Uh, he, He is one of the voices of reason. Rob, he may be the voice of reason in the Pac-12 covering Arizona. Uh, he did a nice uh, breakdown, a little bit of the Sports Business Journal podcast that is talking about, you know, the Apple rumor and everything that is going on uh, re- regarding the Pac-12 trying to piece together any sort of meteorite deal that'll get him any- anywhere. Uh, some of the quotes from that podcast uh, that he said he that he uh, tweeted out: "quote Not looking good for the Pac-12. There was a good deal to be had six months ago." Sports Business Journal talking about the Pac-12, and that's that's pretty factual. But again, their own ineptitude kept them from getting there. And Brett Yarmark, in months, just months on the job, beats them to the pay window. And I can I'm old enough, Rob, to remember when I was told by Stewie Mandel and and Dennis Dodd and Canzano and Wilner that oh, the Big Twelve had made a huge mistake. 
well, this was actually good for the Pac-12 because you know what it was going to do? Well, they set the market. And now the Pac-12 will get even more than the Big 12. And now we're hearing that they're as much as $10 million off of what the CEOs of the Pac-12 believe they should get, which is now the number, the floor, the minimum number they want is $28 million. And what we're no hearing chance. is that $18 million is closer to what they have on the table right now. And I think there's a, a wide discrepancy on what it means for Apple to overpay. Yeah. Because that was the whole thing. But six months ago when we talked about a streaming service for the Big 12 overpaying, that was for third-tier third tier rights. rights. Not first-tier. They are going to have, you know, the Pac-12 brought to you by Apple – and that is not as intriguing as it sounds. No, it is at not. All. It is not at all. And that is that it is to the point where they are actually that George Klyakov is allowing, you know, the rumors to get out to test the waters on the idea of streaming being your tier one. I mean to me it's just plain as day right now, Rob, that ESPN's killing the Pac twelve. That ESPN wants the Pac twelve gone that they don't need them now, and that it is in their best interest to destroy it, and then they can select for uh, Brett Yormark and tell Brett Yormark, these four teams can come in. Maybe these six, but I'm with you. I don't want six right now. Because your path, Rob, your path to 16 or 20 has got to include the demise of the ACC whenever that occurs. In this whole ACC Pac-12 nonsense, as we said, who in the world at ESPN is going to allow that contract to be reopened? No, they're not. Now, that's the Pac-12 people pushing that, and I get it. They're desperate. But if you can, I, I was able to dip in, and I had to you know, kind of speed listen to that Sports Business Journal podcast. Very good, very good uh, sound reasoning on what a lot is going on. And the time frame continues to be now that it's it's the end of March and if George Klyakov can't bring on the money, he's done and the Pac twelve's done. The Pac twelve is done. Either way, they're done. Well, but the Pac twelve is done with him or the Pac twelve is done being the Pac twelve Yes. He's okay. gone and the Pac twelve flies apart. There is no part two. There is no plan B. So maybe the Pac twelve isn't done but the four corner schools are and they're gonna start they're looking gone. Gotcha. And if any if any team leaves it's over. All it takes is one team. It's done. Rob Rose Show is coming up next. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Hyatt Media. We'll be back with the daily broadcast around 6.30-ish. Big Either or Thursday show tomorrow. Let's get on the bandwagon of no wind. Can we do that? For Rob, I'm Ryan. We'll see you Thursday in Raiderland. Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland, a presentation of the Texas Town Square Media Network. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. 
Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.